Hey Robin, when you're at the beach or the pool, what's your favorite beach read? Well, I usually just print out all of my emails from Craig's Vonkin. Well, of course you do. Those are remarkably well-written emails. I know, he's a really good writer. You know who else are really good writers? Who? The contributors to Pacific Coast Philology, the official journal of the Pacific Ancient and Modern Language Association. Pacific Coast Philology publishes peer-reviewed essays of interest to scholars in the classical and modern languages, literature, and culture. PCP publishes two annual issues, and they contain articles and book reviews as well as the presidential address, forum, and plenary speech from the preceding year's conference. Oh, wow. Hella, do you know what I think? What? I think before I head out to the beach, i got to get me some PCP. Well, that's great because I know a guy. How do I submit to PCP? Well, go to Pamela.org slash PCP dash submissions, and it'll tell you everything you need to know to get your awesome essay in the hands of someone that can help you get in the PCP. Can we end this ad? Absolutely. Pamela.org slash PCP dash submissions. Speaking of dashes, let's dash back to the show. I do find it worth noting that this was apparently well after a human character shares consciousness with a pig in episode three. Uh, but this, I think, lends credence to the argument that this form increases the presence of a feeling of reality. From the Pacific and Ancient Modern Language Association, this is Cities of Sound. Robin. Hi. So, do you listen to any fiction podcasts? No. Not me neither. It's very weird. I, 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 I prefer to read my fiction. Yeah, I I um, I listened to Night Vale probably a decade ago. I don't like fiction podcasts because I like the spontaneity that happens the, in other podcasts. Yeah, and I think that spontaneity adds to the intimacy. But fiction podcasts are clearly coming. And um, today's episode is about some of those. Our panelist today is Anna Marie Carlson. They are a PhD student in rhetoric at Indiana University Bloomington. They have an MA in English Literature from Northern Arizona University. Anna Marie's scholarly interests can usually be found at the blurry intersection of narrative culture and media, all broadly conceived. To put it another way, they are fascinated by the interplay of the stories we tell, the technologies used to tell them, and the relationship of stories and technologies with whatever it is we mean when we say culture. They have a creative as well as an academic interest in podcasting, audio fiction, and video games. And their paper is entitled Reports of Violence Erupted Today, Limetown, and the Potential of Podcast Fiction. So... Anyway, I'm going to quit talking now and hand it over to Anna Marie and their great paper. Paper.
Hello everyone, and thank you so much for being here today in whatever today looks like for you. My name's AC Carlson, and I'm a PhD student in rhetoric at Indiana University Bloomington. I will say that in the temporal moment in which I'm recording this for you, I'm a little sick, so I hope my voice makes it through all of this. Um, I hope that in the temporal moment in which you are listening to this, I am no longer sick and we can have a wonderful conversation. So today I'm sharing a work very much in progress that I've been circling around since 2019, uh, currently called Reports of Violence Erupted Today, Limetown and the Potential of Podcast Fiction. So since its beginnings in the 2000s, podcasting has increasingly been an area of study for creators and critics alike. Limetown, a 2015 podcast from Two Up Studios, closely imitates the conventions of investigative journalism podcasts in the style of this American Life serial. To briefly overview the plot of Limetown, it tells the story of journalist Leah Haddock as she investigates the mass disappearance of a research facility known as Limetown. Through this process, uh, what I want to suggest is that podcasting, in particular fiction podcasting, um, during maybe maybe during its moment, maybe today, uh, its moment being Limetown's moment, was able to meaningfully trouble a truth fiction divide in part because of the affordances of the form, of the medium. Um, I just want to say briefly also, Serial didn't start podcasting, uh, Limetown didn't start fiction podcasting, but they caught listeners at a particularly impactful moment. Um, and I think that that allows us to see some of what was working when podcasting was brought to a much larger audience. Um, I'm going to assume some familiarity with Serial in the interest of time. If you're not familiar with Serial, uh, it's something that you can look into. All right. So though it's entirely a work of fiction, Limetown tries to engage the listener in, ex in an experience of finding truth in much the same way as Serial. The first episode opens, after the sponsored advertisements, with a series of clips from news reports on the Limetown disappearance. Over a background of ominous noise, the beating sound of a helicopter and sirens, a male voice begins, reports of violence erupted today in the research facility known as Limetown, located in White County, Tennessee, and home to over 300 residents. The male reporter's voice fades into the background as a slow piano begins. A female reporter's voice then takes up the story. Emergency services have gathered to the isolated location as smoke rises from somewhere on the property. We then have the voice of Leah Haddock. The improved quality of her audio and the sudden presence of her voice above the noise of the news reports indicates to the listener that she is the show's host, as she tells us that, quote, The first time most people heard about Limetown was on the night of February 8th, 2004, end quote. The clips from the news reports, as well as the insistence that most people have known about the Limetown disappearances, functions much the same way as the opening of Serial, where the listener takes part in a call to Adnan Saeed's prison. The listener is encouraged to take part in the research process by hearing the same news reports, lending truthiness, a feeling of truth, to the opening of the show. The feeling that the events are true is intensified for the listener when the exact date that most people first heard this story, years in advance of the publishing of this podcast, uh, forces the listener to wonder if, as Leah Haddock suggests, 
our own memory of these events has simply evaporated into the 24-hour news cycle. These functions of the first episode mimic real investigative journalism and make the story feel true, even if it's fiction. Fiction adapting existing forms is certainly not revolutionary. It's maybe even a mark of good fiction. That being said, though, the nature of podcast marketplaces and podcatching apps, uh, with that, through that, it is entirely possible for a listener to find Limetown published side by side with investigative journalism podcasts like Serial. Particularly at the time Limetown was originally produced, many podcast distribution sites did not have meaningful category distinctions for fiction content. This has improved somewhat, uh, but I would argue not as much as it should. But I digress. After this, excuse me. After the success of Serial, it seems natural that podcasts built upon this form, and indeed, the connection between many fiction podcasts and Serial cannot be ignored. Leslie McMurtry argues that Serial establishes itself as an excellent foundation for audio drama in its contribution to the form of podcasts. Interestingly, McMurtry explores how, while Serial directly challenges an ideal of truth, audio dramas can lead the listener to believe there is truth in the fiction, more so than in other forms. McMurtry sees this in podcasting listening practices. Listening on earbuds while moving around the physical world encourages listeners to experience the podcast as part of a lived reality, rather than something separated visually by a page or screen. This tendency is important to note when looking at the ways in which post-serial fiction markets itself. In my look at websites and opening episodes of multiple shows at the time when I began this research in 2019, none of the, re- none of the shows provided any information, any indication that they were works of fiction. This has changed somewhat, actually, interestingly. Since 2019, Limetown's website now very clearly has reviews marking it as fiction, front and center on its homepage. But in 2019, that was not the case. This was presented as just an investigation by reporter Leah Haddock. Listeners are asked then to negotiate for themselves their own understanding of what is real and what is fiction. This negotiation can have mixed results. (laughs) Interestingly, the attempt at verisimilitude in Limetown has elicited particularly mixed reactions. Though the show's reviews have been, on the whole, overwhelmingly positive, um, around at uh, when I last collected this data, 4.6 out of 5 stars uh, out of over 6,000 reviews on Apple Podcasts. But there is a trend of people leaving reviews having just realized that the podcast is a work of fiction after listening to any number of episodes. So I gathered in the period in 2019, nine such reviews that had been left in just a couple of months. And there was a pretty nearly even split between positive and negative reactions to this show's uh, thwarted claim to truthiness, uh, that pesky reality. As one five-star review with the title, Tricked into Thinking This Was Nonfiction, explains, this is an incredible and riveting radio drama. I stumbled upon it and it took until episode five before I couldn't handle not Googling the story. I hit the harsh reality that this was not reality. I tell this as a testament to the production value they put into this podcast. 
This listener, seemingly enjoying the question of whether or not there was truth in the story, waited as long as possible before searching out the harsh reality that this was not reality. I do find it worth noting that this was apparently well after a human character shares consciousness with a pig in episode three. Uh, But this, I think, lends credence to the argument that this form increases the presence of a feeling of reality. Another five-star review had a similar reaction to the convincingly truthy opening of the first episode, explaining, This is a fictional podcast, but within the first five minutes of episode one, I was wondering why I'd never heard of this bizarre mystery before. Incredible storytelling. Such listeners take pleasure in the show's ability to convincingly present itself as journalism. There's a feeling of sort of being in on the joke of a reverence for the form, uh, taking advantage of the conventions established by shows like Serial. Some listeners, however, have intensely negative reactions to learning the show is fictional. One one-star review simply has the title Fiction and writes, I was very excited to listen to this podcast until I realized everything is made up. Another one-star review explains, I wish it had been clearer that it was a fiction podcast in the description. And another review from this period, also one star, simply claims it's terrible. It portrays itself as a real crime podcast. For these listeners, it seems like the show loses its credibility and therefore its value in presenting itself as journalism when the events are fictional. Another review, one star, with the title False, raises a similar concern. This is a fictional story and should not be portrayed as an investigative journalism podcast based on a true story. Disappointing. The acting is terrible. No match for Serial. This listener explicitly draws a connection between Limetown and Serial, claiming that this fictional story is no comparison to the real work done in Serial. While Limetown strives for truthiness in its fiction, the fact that it is fiction ultimately cannot be ignored. For some, the presentation of the show as reality is entertainingly real, while for others, the lack of journalism undercuts the show's value. While these reactions can be found in many other forms of media, I argue that they are intensified by the unique features of podcasting as a form. Beyond that, the challenging of reality present in Limetown's convincing truthiness establishes shows in this vein as a form particularly responsive to concerns of their time. Podcasting is a form that is very much of its moment. Podcasting began as a way for independent creators to share subscribable serialized audio content via MP3 files through an RSS feed. The RSS technology itself was created to promote amateur creators outside of network publishing. The term podcast is a portmanteau of iPod and broadcast. From this initial publicity, from this initial publicity of the form through 2006, podcast grew in popularity as a search term. After 2006, however, the term fell in popularity until the 2014 resurgence in part brought about by the publishing of Serial. Richard Berry also asserts that the understanding of technology necessary to access early podcasts made the form relatively inaccessible to all but the most dedicated fans after the initial bump in popularity at the emergence of the form. This inaccessibility changed with the inclusion of the native podcast app alongside the development of the iPhone. When podcasts no longer had to be manually added to an iPod, they could be subscribed to, but could be subscribed to within a smartphone device, the audience for podcasting increased. In this sense, podcasting is very much tied to the technology it utilizes. 
but many critics acknowledge, critics acknowledge that this is not a complete understanding of what differentiates podcasting from other forms. Barry explores the importance of looking at podcasting as a medium in and of itself, with a specific set of cultural, aesthetic, and economic practices. This distinction is particularly important in separating podcasting from radio. While the connection between podcasting and radio seems clear, it ignores the original intention of podcasting to create space for amateur creators separate from the radio industry, as well as the meaningfully distinct practices that define each medium. In looking at podcasting today, it is a medium that has become professionalized using much of the expertise of radio, and yet it contains a unique quality and culture that necessitate the differentiation of the medium uh, in looking at its content, production, and broadcasting trends. The ethos of authenticity pervades much of podcasting, as creators and listeners alike expect podcast storytelling with its grassroots origins to be somehow more real than shows attached to large, recognizable broadcasting networks. And I would argue that this tracks onto fiction podcasting as well, um, that there's many of the same trends in the fiction space that we can see in the nonfiction podcasting space. Leslie McMurtry argues that Serial, in particular, its particular participatory nature and the editing to include the silences, an inclusive story, engage listeners to the point that it no longer matters what is real and what is not. Dan and Spinelli similarly argue Serial should be studied as a podcast rather than a piece of journalism, as it communicates with a larger mediascape, does not follow a set broadcasting schedule, was released as it, were, as it was recorded, without knowing where the investigation would lead, relied on listener participation, had limited editorial oversight, and thus a more authentic feel, and gave information in such a way that re-listening was encouraged. Production and distribution practices are essential to understanding what separates podcasts, as they have unique distribution and listening practices ascribed to them, and what makes Serial an effective podcast is seen in podcasts like Limetown. Though the show is missing, for some listeners, its connection to reality. Limetown can lead listeners to believe it is real because the podcasting practices are designed to increase a feeling of truth in a way that print or other broadcast media cannot, at least at this time. Uh, Hancock and McMurtry's article on post-serial fiction argues that shows like Limetown build on aspects of serial that made it a particularly su successful podcast rather than a piece of journalism. Part of what makes this form effective is, according to them, the incredible intimacy formed with the speaker in an audio-only format. An intimate connection is formed between the listener and the podcaster, a form of parasocial relationship made more real in the physical intimacy created through listening on earbuds, as most podcasts are designed to be heard. Additionally, whereas radio is designed to be listened to in a set time or specific place, podcasts are meant to be listened to while going about your day-to-day -day life. And the podcast, sent to your phone automatically through RSS technology and listened to on earbuds, develops a connection with our lived experience of the world that is different from other forms of popular contemporary storytelling. The listener is directly challenged, then, to take in this fiction and to map it immediately onto the world around them. A connection which is made stronger through the marketing of the podcast presenting itself as fact and the intimate relationship formed between, formed through the audio-only form. This relationship is intensified 
through podcast recording trends, which make dialogue feel natural and unrehearsed. Clearly, I have not rehearsed this. Often trying to maintain the ethos of podcasting gr podcasts <laughs> grassroots authenticity and keeps lengthy silences and natural mouth sounds in the recording, allowing the listener to feel more physically present in the recording process. All of this, I argue, from the challenging of truth to the connection to the content of the experienced reality of the podcast listener creates a unique storytelling experience that warrants being studied as a unique genre. This genre, in turn, is especially apt during an age of post-truth, if we're still saying that, where the line between fact and fiction and the news media is constantly being challenged, along with the very idea of a definable truth. The questions of truth raised in these shows tap into anxieties and understandings of this moment where the ability to find a truth is constantly being questioned. While these sorts of podcast stories may have had their moment, uh, as many critics have noted, podcasting is currently at a moment of expansion while it searches to create its identity. In understanding the way these stories navigate truth and fiction, as well as how they are received, one might be able to piece together a small part of the overwhelming media landscape of today. Thank you. Henry Carlson studies rhetoric at University of Indiana, Bloomington. Today's episode was produced and edited by Robin Hershkowitz and me. I'm Pella Felton. To find out more information about the Pacific Ancient Modern Language Association, go to Pamela.org. There you can find information about t-shirts, next year's conference in Los Angeles, California, uh, as well as all sorts of other great information about the past, present, and future of the Pacific Ancient Modern Language Association. If you are a podcast researcher and are doing graduate work on podcast studies, come and join us at podcaststudies.org slash phd-network. We have a Discord, and we hold an annual online conference every February, and submissions are now open. If you are listening to this before November 15th and are attending the Pacific Ancient Modern Language Association, join us online for our roundtable Sunday the 15th at 10 o'clock a.m. Pacific Standard Time, where you'll hear all of the participants in this panel talking about their research. Our music is by Kevin McLeod. Please check out his website, incomtech.org, for more details on his music, and we thank him for letting us use it. Please check out the show notes for preferred citation, as well as a list of works cited in this paper. I want to thank everyone for listening, and thank the Pacific Ancient Modern Language Association, and on behalf of all of our Cities of Sound and Pamela I'm Pella Felton. Have a good day.